Luke chapter 2, 39 to 40. I'm reading the New King James Version of the Holy Scriptures. The Bible says, So when they had performed all the things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Father, we give you the praise this morning. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. What a privilege to be in your house this morning. Your word says the entrance of your word brings light and give understanding to the simple. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. We pray this morning that you speak to our hearts. Meet us at the point of our need. Let everyone under the sound of my voice be blessed this morning. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. When we sit down, we say above principalities and powers. I don't know why exactly all of you refuse the front seat. Like nobody wants to be president in this country. It means that if we're supposed to do an election, all of you will be last in the elections. It's only in church that people don't like the front seat. Amen. I'm so glad again to have you in the house of God this morning. And I want to share with you briefly before we actually go into the child dedication. Because this service today is special because we are going to be dedicating our first baby in Newbury Christian Church. I was telling the parents the other day that since I was ordained, I never used to wear this reverend attire because it makes me very uncomfortable. But I said, for the sake of this baby, I'm going to come out <laughs> like a real reverend to ordain this baby, to, to uh, dedicate this baby. Amen. Amen. Many years ago, I was invited to preach in a crusade. And after the crusade, there was a family that was really blessed by everything that took place in the crusade. And so they decided to invite me to their house for dinner. I got to the house for dinner. You know, all protocols were respected. The man of God arrived, and I was received into the house. And then we spoke. I prayed for the family. And they said, man of God, we prepare some food for you. Please come to the table. So I went to the table. And I got to, as I got to the table, I saw a knife and a fork. Then I opened the first uh, dish that was plantains. Then I opened the second dish, it was stew with meat that had bones. The trouble that I had in this house was that as I was trying to eat, you know, I've not used, I was not used to eating with knife and fork before. So anytime I try to press the meat to cut, the thing keeps sliding on the plate. I tell you the truth, brothers and sisters, I left that house without eating the food at all because I did not want to disgrace myself by making too much noise with the plate. When I push the meat, the meat goes away. I bring it back, it goes away. I push it, it goes away, I give up. But when I left the house that morning, something rang a bell in my spirit. That even though I was a man of God, I was preaching, there was an area of my life that I was lacking something. That is why I want to talk to you this morning on the topic, the three dimensions of personal development. The three dimensions of personal development. You could be developed in your career, but in your family, you're still at the child. There's some men that can control their workers, they are good supervisors, but when it comes to their children, they are zero. Then there are others who are good in controlling their wives and children, but when it comes to their colleagues, they are zero. If you are going to be a man that will fulfill destiny and do what God has called you to do, you must be developed in these three dimensions. Hallelujah. 
man has a body, man has a soul, and man has a spirit. If you are going to be completely developed, you cannot just develop your body and leave out your soul. You cannot just develop your soul and leave out your spirit. You have to be developed in the three dimensions that man has. A new Greek Christian church, I believe that everyone that is a member of this church is called to be a leader. What does it mean to be a, what does it mean to be a leader? To be a leader does not mean to have a title. Because some people think when I'm ordained a deacon in this church or an elder or the assistant pastor, then I will start to lead. Leadership is influence, it's not title. There are some people in the community who have no title, but they can organize and bring everybody together. Is somebody what I'm saying? Those are leaders. Then there are others, irrespective of the money they have and all the, the names they have, if they organize something, nobody can. Because leadership is influence. I believe that we are not a gathering of followers, we are a gathering of leaders. Amen. Is anybody hearing me this morning? Amen. So a new Christian church, we lead where others follow. Can I say that again? We lead where others follow. We are not a bunch of followers. We are a gathering of leaders. Now, why is lead, uh, personal development very important? You cannot lead anybody to do something that you are not doing. You imagine a Pharisee in a living room, smoking cigarette in a living room. Then, he goes to school and sees the son who is in high school smoking, and the father is shocked. Why are you shocked? You are doing the same thing, and your son is copying the thing you are doing, and you are shocked. You cannot lead somebody to do something that you're not doing. So if you are going to be an effective leader that will lead people, you must first of all be able to lead yourself. Yes. Is somebody hearing me this morning? You must be able to lead yourself. The passage actually talks about dedication, the dedication of Jesus. And dedication is so important. Many Christians don't know the relevance of dedication. When you buy a new house, that house has to be dedicated. When you buy a new car, that car has to be dedicated. When you buy a new piece of land, that new piece of land has to be dedicated. There was a lady that was doing business in a certain location, and all she was doing was not succeeding. You know, she has all the customer service, she has everything set up, the place is clean, but the business was not succeeding. And so when she went into inquiry to find out why the business was not succeeding, then she heard that, the former occupant of that building was doing hairdressing. And two ladies came to do their hair. And they got into an argument. They fought and one of the ladies that was pregnant died in that location. So there was a curse in that building. That is why whatever she was doing in that building was not succeeding. So dedication is very important. You dedicate everything that the Lord gives to you. Is somebody hearing me this morning? You buy a new house, you dedicate. Like this morning, we are going to be dedicating a child. You dedicate your land, you dedicate your business. There are some things you can dedicate by yourself. Most of us go to three stores and we buy clothes. We don't even know who wore that clothes before. Generally speaking, when families lost a person in America, what they do is that they take the clothes of the dead person and they give it to the trip store. So you buy the clothes of somebody that was dead, you don't even know who the person was, and you wait. As a child of God, the first thing you do with anything that you buy used is to pray for it. I say, Lord, I sanctify it. I don't know who wore this before. I give this clothes to you. And as I wear it, it is mine. Yes. You consecrate that clothes to the Lord. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Yes. 
Some ladies buy hair from India. You don't know who was wearing that hair before and you put it on your hair. Then you see every time you're arguing with your husband, you don't know what is happening. The spirit from India is following your hair. <laughs> Can I preach to somebody this morning? Somebody was possessed in India, cut their hair and sell it to you. And then you wait and you're doing Brazilian hair. And you don't know why every time you put that hair on, there's an argument in your marriage. You need to dedicate everything that you buy before you use it. Is somebody hearing me this morning? If you hear me, sir, I hear you. Now, the scripture we read this morning, the Bible talks about Jesus. The Bible says when the parents had performed all that was prescribed by the law. So in the Jewish culture, when a child was born, eight days after the child was born, the child was taken to the house of God for dedication. This dedication was a way to present a newborn to the Lord. It was also a way for the parents to present a sacrifice to the Lord. Now, when the child was dedicated in the Bible, in the Jewish culture, parents who were not able, who were struggling, would give two total doors. And then those who had the means would give a ram or a goat. You actually brought an offering to the Lord as you dedicated your child. It was also a way for the parents to present themselves before the Lord to ask for help in order to raise that child. So when Jesus was born, as we read in verse 39 of Luke chapter 2, he was taken into the house of the Lord, and he was dedicated to the Lord. Dedication is also a way to thank God for the fruit of the womb. Many women take childbearing for granted. Some women have four girls, and they are crying to the Lord for a boy. They are so mad at God because they don't have a boy. A, woman, a lady was praying after she was persecuted by her mother-in-law. This is the prayer the lady prayed. The lady said, oh God, let me have just a miscarriage to prove to my mother-in-law that I can get pregnant. And you have four girls and complaining. Somebody is just wishing to have a miscarriage. And you have four girls and you are complaining. Whenever God blesses us with the fruit of the womb, we have to celebrate. Is somebody hearing me? We have to celebrate. That is why dedication is a big service to us. It's a thanksgiving service for the fruit of the womb. And anytime we dedicate children, we also pray for women that are expecting children. If you are here this morning under the sound of my voice, believing God for a child, I want to prophesy to you this morning. By this time next year, you will also be dedicating your child. Amen. I wish I had a woman in the house who was believing God for a child. I said, by this time next year, you will also be dedicating your child. In the name of Jesus. So during this dedication, the parents were also blessed. And as I was studying, I realized that there is a statistics about children that are dedicated. And he said that children who are dedicated to the law have a high chance of returning to the law when they are old. The second statistic says that children who are dedicated to the law have high chances of succeeding generally. So it is important to bring your child back to the Lord before, because before that child is yours, that child belongs to God. You give that child back to the Lord because only God can take care of a child. Amen. Amen. The Bible says after they dedicated Jesus, the parents returned to Nazareth. Why was it important for the Bible to mention Nazareth in this text? You remember in John chapter 1 when Jesus first showed up, there is a guy called Nathaniel who saw Jesus. And he said to his brother, say, come, let's see the Messiah from Nazareth. And the guy said, can anything good come out from Nazareth? 
Nazareth was a place that was despised. It was a place for the poor. It was like the ghetto in Israel. But out of that place was where Jesus came from. I announced to you this morning. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where you were born. If God says you are going to be great, you will surely be great. It doesn't matter the village or the family where you come from or the circumstances that you were born in. If God has his hand over your life, you will surely make it. In the name of Jesus, you will surely make it. And the Bible says in verse 40, it actually gives three dimensions in which Jesus grew, the child grew. Like I was saying, there are three dimensions in which a person has to grow. If Jesus, who was God in the flesh, had to grow, who are you not to grow? If Jesus, who was God, increased in wisdom, who are you not to need wisdom? If Jesus, who was God, needed to be strong in the spirit, who are you not to be strong in the spirit? And the Bible actually aligns three dimensions which Jesus grew, which we are going to talk about this morning. The first, Jesus grew physically. The Bible says, and the child grew up. Now I'm going to be very specific and very practical this morning. Physical growth has to do with two things. Number one, diet. We live in a dispensation where there is a lot of struggle for keeping weight. It's other people are trying to gain weight or losing weight. There's nobody that is stable. Other trying to gain or lose. It's like everybody has a problem with weight. Diet is important for growth, especially to children. If you have your kids that all you feed them is pizza, 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 chicken nugget, they will have a problem in the future. Is somebody hearing me? For the child to grow, that child needs to have a balanced diet. That child needs to feed with some protein, some vitamins. Not just giving the child carbs, carbs, or one and the same thing every day. And if you have to grow physically as a man or a woman, you have to watch what you eat. Amen. You have to watch what you eat. You cannot be eating kung fu at 11 o'clock in the night and expect not to have a swollen stomach. You have to watch what you eat. Am I talking to somebody this morning? <laughs> Am I preaching to somebody this morning? You have to watch your diet. Somebody said you are what you eat. You are what you eat. I was preaching in Texas a couple of months ago and then one of the pastors came outside and said, Pastor, and I want to wear my suit. I want to be like when you wear your suit. Say your suit is just smooth on you. As we went home to eat, when I saw it, I said, you can never be like me by this food you're eating. <laughs> you want to be like me, but you are acting as if the well is, the, all the food in the well is yours. Hallelujah. If you have to grow up, you have to watch what you eat. We have to make sure we're eating right. Listen. People will disqualify you or qualify you based on your looks. Can I say that again? People disqualify you or qualify you based on your looks. Let me take for example. If you were going for, a, for a, an interview as a physical fitness coach, and you showed up in an interview like this, who is going to hire you? By that presentation alone, you are disqualified. Because your presentation does not apply to the job that you're looking for. Number two. You may be a beautiful girl. You look so good. You, are, you have a good heart. You are an angel inside. But outside you are obese. Once a man looks at you, oh, I cannot. Because your physical presentation will either attract people to you or repel people from you. Tell somebody, eat right. Tell somebody, eat right. 
Shake your neighbor. Say, neighbor, eat right. Neighbor, eat right. Go to a neighbor that looks happy. Tell a neighbor, neighbor, eat right. Eat right. Hallelujah. Eat right. Listen. Some of us are very strong today. Not because we go to the gym. Because of the kind of food we ate when we were growing up. We ate kung fu food that with vegetable had no, no, no oil. Sometimes no salt. Sometimes you just take the kung fu and touch that, just the, the, the liquid from that. And that thing is going all over your body. It works on your knees. <laughs> and some of us are just eating pasta, 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 pasta. It's not to affect you in the long run. That's why you cannot run for one man without your knees spinning because your diet is not balanced. Amen. God wants you strong because God has a plan for your life. Amen. Is anybody getting me? I say God wants you strong because God has a plan for your life. Amen. Amen. Number two area that Jesus, I mean number two area we need to make use to grow physically is exercise. Many of us live in apartments where we have gyms. But we walk past the gym like it's a cemetery. Never ever know inside. That gym looks like a devil is inside. Listen, if you are going to be able to do what God has called you to do. You need to exercise sometimes. Amen. Amen. You exercise. Because God wants you alive because he has a plan for your life. Amen. Amen. You need to grow up physically. Most of you agree. Like women. When the women see a man that is built up, has six pack, they're like, oh, he's so cute. <laughs> but it doesn't come by prayer. It comes when you go to that gym, you are every day, you're sweating, you're crying. Or you see a girl that is toned, so smooth. Like my wife, you see how she is? She's walking out every day. Amen. She's walking out every day. Amen. Walking out every day. When I look at her, wow, see my wife. It doesn't come by prayer. You have to walk out. Amen. Don't just sit there and say, oh, my weight is increasing, but you're not doing nothing about it. Go to the gym. Tell somebody, go to the gym. Go to the gym. Number two area that the Bible talks about development is spiritual development. Listen, some people look physically strong. They are well built. They have all the muscles, the six pack, and the spirit, they are babies. You are physically very strong, but spiritually, you are nothing. Recently, I watched uh, news, and the president of Liberia was not able to perform his duties in the office because he saw two snakes in the office. If I'm a pastor and I come to my office and I see two snakes, I'll kill that snake. There is no way someone will say witchcraft to attack me. Because why? I am fortified in the spirit. Some of you, if you have a bad dream this night in your house, you start looking for where to go. Manasseh is in a bad place now. I'm going to gain feet. I'm moving. Because in the spirit, you are a baby. You have to grow physically and grow what? Spiritually. Don't just eat food to grow your flesh. You have to also take care of your spirit so you can grow in the spirit. Amen. Is anybody hearing me? Yes. For you to grow spiritually, you have to give yourself to the word of God. The word of God is the food of the soul. It nourishes your soul. When you get up in the morning, you spend time with the Bible. You hear the word of God. There is no excuse today for you not to read the Bible. We have the Bible in videos, in audios, in apps, in books, in everything imaginable. You can be driving and listening to your Bible. 
You can be cooking and listen to your Bible. There is no excuse that you can say, I didn't read my Bible. When you spend time in the Word of God, God is feeding you spiritually. You are growing spiritually. You are being fed. You are being fortified. And in the day you are attacked by the enemy, you are able to stand. Remember when Jesus was tempted in Matthew chapter 4. How did he overcome the devil? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He quoted the scriptures to drive out the devil. You have to spend time in the word of God. Number two, you have to spend time in prayer. One of the things I don't do is, I'm not a prayer contractor. Some people like to run to the pastor for everything. Pastor, this thing will pray for me. When you come to me, I put you on a fasting. When you fast for two days, you come the last day, I pray for you. Because you have to learn to do things by yourself. God is calling you as a priest over your family. If your child is sick at midnight, something attacks your child spiritually, you call the pastor's number, it's not going to. What will you do? You have to be able to handle that situation spiritually. Is somebody hearing me? We have to spend time in prayer. You have to learn how to pray. Some people don't know how to pray. If I call somebody here now to come and pray, they'll be so embarrassed. Oh, I went to that church, they embarrassed me. They called me out to pray. But if you went to an occasion and they called them to give a speech, oh, they are so happy. They honor me in that place. They always give a speech. But prayer, you cannot pray to the Lord. You have to spend time in the presence of the Lord to pray. Number three, you have to fellowship. The Bible says, iron sharpened iron. So you have to meet other Christians that can help you, encourage you, and strengthen you in your walk with the Lord. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Growing spiritually. But there's a question this morning. How can you even grow spiritually when you are not even born in the spirit? How can you even grow spiritually when you are not born in the spirit? A man in his lifetime will have two births. First, you are born physically. Then secondly, you are born spiritually. In John chapter 3, when Nicodemus came to Jesus, and Jesus said to him, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, but what do you mean? Do I have to go back into my mother's belly and be born again the second time? And then Jesus said, except a man is born of the spirit and of water, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And when Jesus said, born of the spirit and of water, he was actually signifying the two kinds of birth that a man has to be born in his lifetime. When a child is in the womb, what is the sign that the child is coming? Women. When the water breaks, that is being born of the water. Then being born of the spirit is when you give your life to Jesus. That is the second birth. So if you are not born in the spirit, you cannot even grow spiritually. So if you are here this morning and you are not born in the spirit, you are not born again, this can be your day. Hallelujah. I said this can be your day to be born in the spirit, to begin a walk with the Lord. To start a life of victory. Amen. Amen. And the third area of development is mental development. The Bible says, and the child grew in wisdom. This has to do with education. It has to do with studies. Not education like going to school. Like being curious to learn. You remember that when Jesus was a young guy, a young child, Jesus would go into the temple and be asking questions to the Pharisees and scribes. He grew in wisdom. He obtained knowledge. He was willing to learn. It means making yourself teachable. There are some people who know everything. You can't teach them nothing. I have gone to somebody's house as a pastor. He invited me to his house.
to come talk to him about something. And I got there, I couldn't say nothing. Before I say anything, the guy will call me a scripture. I said, well, if you know everything, why do you even call me? But you're a pastor by yourself. There is nothing I could tell him. He knows everything. And yet he's making all kinds of stupid mistakes. But you will not allow anybody to tell him anything. To grow in wisdom means you give yourself to the things of God. You learn. You become curious. You become teachable. You do research. You want to know. Amen. Amen. Somebody said that. If you want to hide something from a black man, put it in the book. They will never find out. If you are going to grow in wisdom, you need to read books. Amen. Read books. Read the Bible. Give yourself to knowledge. Listen. In this age where we live, there is no excuse not to know anything. There are some things that I knew how to cook when I got to America. Take for example, there are some things like making cake, making donuts, making what we call Cameroon Miss Girl, that nobody will ever show you the recipe. But when I came here, I searched on YouTube and the thing was right there. I began to try those things by myself. There is no excuse in this generation to say, I don't know, because everything you need to know is out there. Amen. You need to grow mentally. Recently, I was watching uh, TV, and one guy that is organizing the beauty pageant in Nigeria said they are changing the pattern of their beauty pageant. And the, the journalist that was talking to the guy said, how are you changing it? The guy said, in time past, we had ladies that were very beautiful, but no brains. They, can, they have all their fitness and everything. They do the car walk. But you ask them, what is the capital of Argentina? I don't know. But they are very beautiful. And the guy said, we want to change it now. It is not just going to be physical beauty. It's going to be beauty with brains. Don't just come to church and you are praying, 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 praying. You also have to give yourself to learn. Because when you go for an interview, prayer doesn't help you there. They ask you questions you need to know to answer. Is anybody hearing me? Yes. One of the things that discouraged me when I was in high school, I mean in secondary school to give my life to Jesus was because... Some of the most stupid people in our class were those who were preaching everywhere in school. When they give results in class, they are the last people. But when it comes to praying during morning devotion, Father, the name! I'm like, if you are praying like this and God is not helping you to pass the exam, I cannot join you. Because they spend their time praying, praying, praying and not learning. Listen, we have to grow physically, we have to grow spiritually. And we have to go mentally. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember a time I was teaching moral instruction in the high school. And once I got to that school, because I was very young, the students despised me. They said, what kind of young pastor is this come and teach us? The very first thing that I did is I went to the board. I put a function on the board. An exponential function. I said, who can solve it? And they said, nobody can solve it. And I went to the board. I solved the quadratic function. From that day, they were all quiet. Because they knew that this was not just a pastor of the Bible. It's a pastor with brains. And they were able to listen to me. Don't be a Christian that at your job you are very timid. You're shaking. But when it comes to prayer, you are jumping in your room. We have to also put some things in our brains. To go out there and prove to people that we are Christians who are balanced. We have grown physically. We have grown spiritually. And we have grown mentally. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Is somebody hearing me this morning? Like I said, read your Bible. Read books. Give yourself to learning. Be curious. Because God has a plan for you this morning. Is somebody hearing the word of God this morning? God has a plan for you. Like I said, 
God has a destiny for you. But you need to get ready for that destiny. Amen. You need to get ready for that destiny. I was working at a job where we had a safety uh, guy who could barely stand to talk when he, when he was doing safety. And they had to change it. How do you progress in your career where your physical strength cannot allow you to do your job? That is why you must maintain your fitness. Because God has a place for you. But you need to be ready to go in. Read your Bible. When Joseph was called from the prison to present himself before Pharaoh, the Bible says Joseph was good looking. He was an attractive man. He shaved his head, wore some clothes, appeared before Pharaoh as the prime minister. So you have to make sure that you've grown in all three dimensions. You've grown physically, you've grown spiritually, and you've grown mentally. Can we stand on the feet this morning? Maybe you are here this morning, like I said, and you're not born in the spirit. You've never really surrendered your life to Jesus. I was talking to somebody some time ago. I asked the person, are you born again? He said, yes. I said, when? He said, my parents baptized me when I was a child. I said, it doesn't count. <laughs> you have to make a conscious decision to follow the Lord. I cannot choose the path of my child's destiny. The Bible says, if a man believes, he shall be saved. What does the child believe? Nothing. What does the child know? Nothing. You have to grow to a conscious decision to choose between life and death. So this morning, if you are not giving your life to Jesus, this is your opportunity. I'd like you to close your eyes and bow your head. This is your opportunity. If you have not given your life to Jesus this morning, and you would like to start a walk with God this morning, you like to grow, you like to start this walk with Christ to grow spiritually, you can pray this prayer with me. This is not about any man. It's not about me. It's about you and God. As you pray this prayer with me sincerely, you cannot be the same again. Amen. More than 18 years ago, I prayed that prayer. My friends told me that we give you three months, you'll come back to us. The next time they saw me again, I was preaching in a conference. Today, when they meet me, they say, man of God. Their very classmates, they come into the man of God. Because I was serious about that prayer. So, don't look at the people beside you pray this prayer from the depth of your heart. It's a commitment to the Lord, not to a man. If you are ready this morning, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Forgive me my sins. Come into my heart and make me yours. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Wash me with your blood. I receive you today as my personal Lord and Savior. Lord, help me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, if you pray that prayer, I would like you to raise your hand up as I'm praying for you now. Just take your right hand to the Lord. I'm going to pray to seal that confession to the Lord. If you're serious about that prayer, raise your right hand to the Lord, and I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, as your sons and daughters raise their hands to the Lord, I pray this morning that you grant them access into your kingdom. Forgive their sins. Write their names in the book of life. And Holy Spirit, empower them to live for you all the days of their lives. That from today, they will never be the same again. May the doors of heaven and the angels descend to bear witness of this confession. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you, Rock of Ages. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. 